1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to the Backpacking Blisters podcast. With me today is the legendary host of an epic show called the Adventure Sports Podcast, a show filled with interviews from crazy adventurers and big outdoor industry names. Please welcome Mason Gravely. How's it going, man? Oh, uh, Carl, going really well. Thank you so much for having me. It's a it's a pleasure to be on this side of the mic. Uh, it's a treat. It's a treat not to have to, you know, do the, all the research and just kind of like <laughs> show up and be talked to. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, Thank you're like you. my typical co-host. He just kind of shows up and he's like, yeah, what's, what are we talking about today? Wait, what's what's this show about? <laughs> There's some beef there. Uh, There's a little bit of beef. Oh, all right, yeah, come on now. Of course. Come on now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, hey, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, a big fan of your show. I've, oh man, I don't know how long I've been listening for, for, for years for sure. And uh, usually it's, I listen when I'm actually out on the, uh, you know, out on the trail doing whatever, trail running or hiking or something. So, yeah, t- can you tell us about, for those that have never, I don't know how they haven't, but if they haven't heard of the Adventure Sports Podcast, like, what is the show about? You know, I, I, I often uh, think, what is our show about? What do we do? What is the adventure? Because people <laughs> read that word, that phrase, Adventure Sports Podcast, differently. Like, is it Adventure Sports Podcast or Adventure Sports Podcast? Uh, you know, they're not exactly right. sure. And I'd say it's evolved over time too, but really what kind of gets me going and gets me fired up is how people use adventure sports as a medium to have life-changing mm-hmm. adventures. It's not about the sport. We don't right. talk about a lot of gear. We don't talk about, yeah, reviews of gear or dive into different you know technologies coming out with that or really into a lot of the planning or how to it's hey you went and hiked the Appalachian Trail or backpacked the PCT or you know sailed around the world tell us some stories about that experience how did it change you so really it's the adventure stories podcast and that's almost like the um, okay. the name I use sometimes just as like its nickname, it's, it's really, it's the same acronym or the same, you know, yeah, acronym ASP, uh, but it's the adventure stories podcast which really about stories and the medium okay. to have those stories is adventure sports, whatever that sport is. You hit, I feel like every possible topic with adventure from like ice skating for you know, hundreds of miles down rivers in Alaska to hiking across Australia with camels, like you, I mean, every possible type of adventure. I, f- I feel like somehow you're able to find it. 
are, are you just trying to like trying to up your game every single time? Like what else is there out there that people are doing? So, so you have those big buckets through hiking, backpacking, those things that don't require a tons of specialized skills. Uh, just, you know, everybody can, obviously, right. you know, backpackers are going to, ha- you know, not like that comment, but you know what I'm saying? Compared to big wall climbing or something very, very unique where there's not a lot right. of guidebooks for, not a lot of information on the internet for. Um, so you have those big buckets, backpacking, bike packing, my mind's blanking, just running, all, mm-hmm. all sorts of just major sports. We definitely stretch that word sport a lot on right. this show. Like you, you said, camels, uh, <laughs> hiking with camels across Australia. I don't know if that's an actual sport, but uh, there were some amazing stories in that. So, yeah, I I really enjoy the quirky adventures. So I, I would almost put quirky in our description somewhere of <laughs> I really enjoy the folks. Something about people that don't care how it looks on the outside and what the other, uh, you know, folks around them think and just go for it. I love mm-hmm. those kinds of stories. So if I find a story about someone who's unicycling around the world <laughs> or <laughs> one guy I was just talking about yesterday who paraglides, like he's got a, a, a paraglider okay. and he basically backpacks through, through hikes uh, with a paraglider. So, Oh my goodness. Just imagine instead of, you know, hiking 20 miles a day, he is gliding or flying 50, 80, 100 miles a day and travels, you know, across countries that way. Right. Uh, just like a bird. It, it's it's unbelievable. I've never heard of anybody doing that. He'll travel thousands of miles from mountaintop to mountaintop to mountaintop um, uh, with, with, yeah. a, with a wing, not with... Yeah. Uh, not with a backpack or not on his feet. And he'll, he'll still have to hike hundreds of miles because you got to climb somewhere to jump off. Right. Um, but it, it's just like so many cool things like that. So we don't get one downside about that is uh, from an audience point of view, folks don't have the chance to dive really deep into any sport. It's really just people who enjoy feeling that sense of adventure and hearing stories about adventure like just recently we revisited one of our episodes of a surviving a plane crash in like okay gosh it was the middle of idaho or montana out in the woods and in that story so it's really that's not a sport that's not really even you know in a a journey that someone went on purposefully but it's a heck of a story and so that that's the kind of stuff i like to talk about yeah, the stories, the adventures, all that stuff. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, and that's what's inspired me over the years for sure. So like I was, you know, I, like I watched a documentary series back in the late 90s on the Eco Challenge and, and just watching that, like you're oh, not yeah. getting into the nitty gritty with the gear. It's just, it's pure story. And that was yeah. enough to get me into like, you know, basically the multi-sport adventures just from watching that show. That's, so, we've had the Macy's on the show, if you know the Macy, yeah, yeah, yeah. father, Travis son. Macy. Tra- yep, Travis Macy, oh, his yeah. dad and... uh few others in that world so yep that's a yep. yeah that's definitely kind of our crowd all right so i gotta ask because some of the adventures and the people that you have on the show like they're there to make to inspire you and to make something seem achievable maybe not exactly what they're doing but something in that realm seem achievable but then you have others that are on the show and we've had these types of guests on our show as well where it's very hard to relate to them because they live a life that for the most part, people aren't going to live, right? They're not, you know, we're not all sponsored athletes. Uh-huh. 
we have family obligations. We can't go training for 12 hours a day. We can't leave our jobs for six months at a time. Have you had any kind of thoughts around that? Like the relatability to some of these adventures, like it's really cool what they're doing, but really like it's for them and not for everybody, so to speak. Yeah, that's actually something I'm always thinking about. And kind of in my mind, and it's not this linear in reality because everybody's, Mm-hmm. you know, kind of all over the spectrum. There's probably another axis here that I'm just not thinking of. But the way I'm always thinking about the show is balancing um, relatability and inspiration. Mm. Um, obviously, someone can be inspiring and relatable, right. but I'm, I'm using inspiration almost as a, in an unrelatable way. You know, Alex Honnold, who free soloed El Capitan in, in Yosemite, huge documentary about it called Free Solo. Right. Is that inspiring? Uh, absolutely. Is that relatable for <laughs> almost nobody on planet Earth? Right. I'm. I will. I will interview him. Yes. I'd absolutely tell that story. Fair. However, I'm going to balance that out with stories about people who hold down full time jobs and also do really cool things in their free time. Right. And personally, I get a lot of inspiration. And also a lot of hope from people like that, <laughs> right? Um, where it's like, how do you have a fulfilling, wonderful life and and have to do, you know, basically handle life's responsibilities? It's it's through finding someone inspiring like that. So I find myself more nervous and more excited and more uh, just I anticipate those people who I find personally inspiring who hardly anyone knows or reads or have a very small following just because I look up to them due to their relatability. That's very cool to hear that. I know, and it's funny you mentioned Alex Honnold because that's like, like not even talking about what he did on El Capitan, but just look at his his lifestyle, right? Living out of a van in Yosemite for, you know, half the year. Yeah. Some people can do that, but most of us, you know, that... Probably most of us that are listening to the show, like that's not a possibility. Maybe when yeah. we're in our, you know, late fifties or sixties or whatever. Yeah, I, we talk about those windows a lot. Um, on our show, we try to break down uh, misconceptions about what it means to be adventurous and what adventure mm-hmm. is. So we talk a okay. lot about uh, having adventures in places that you don't typically have adventures, and having adventures in times of life that people don't think is very adventurous. You know, a lot of people feel like they have two windows for for really big, big adventures, and that's, you know, early 20s or mid-20s, that kind of time in college and after college, before (laughs) kids or before marriage and whatnot, and then at retirement. But what we see a lot of is so many of our guests, and, and this is what I like to talk about, really take advantage of those transition times in life, whether you're laid off due to COVID. There was a huge surge with our Mm -hmm. show. A lot of stories early on, because we started in 2015, um, were from the economic crash of 2008. So many people ended up doing the AT because they got, you know, they got fired at their Wall Street job and they're like, you know what, this is the time. Or they just changed their life due to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's this surge of stories, surge of books being yep. written, surge of just attention on doing things different. Well, the same was true with uh, you know any tragedy. Nine uh, eleven, we had a lot of stories, you know, early, early on from from that experience. I know we just had an anniversary of that, um, and then most recently, COVID. Uh, we're gonna get basically five years worth of stories out of 
the influence COVID had. And of course, people, <laughs> you know, are having sure. plenty of stuff outside of these huge, you know, events. But those seem to be times that people in that time of life that's less uh, uh, flexibility, all of a sudden, without notice, have that flexibility. And there's plenty that take advantage of it. Yeah, so right. we get a lot of stories from those situations. For sure. And that's really what our, our podcast is about, too, is kind of highlighting some of these stories we can have. On, our, on the shorter adventures and yeah we just got back from um yeah probably one of my life's i would say biggest adventure that was not necessarily you know these kind of month after month uh type thing but more of a like a short-term adventure that was just you know kind of your life's like one of your one of your stories you tell i guess that's yeah that and that can okay. happen during the time you have kids obviously as well so intro I, li- I like how you balance it all right so now what what was your big adventure can't leave me can't leave me hanging there like that Maybe I'm trying to like incentivize you to have me on your show. Who knows? <laughs> well, I, I, the first thing I'll ask you is, well, "What's your adventure? What's the adventure?" That's right. Yeah, I forgot. I got somebody who's curious on my show. Um, right. You, <laughs> most people are like, "I don't care. Let's get to the content." When I have podcasters on the show, I have to basically wrestle them in an audio, for, like wrestle them to not interview me on my I know. show. I do that too. It's, yeah, it's a habit. But you're, you right. know, that's that's what makes a great host: curiosity. Yeah. For sure. for sure. So yeah, our adventure, we haven't fully told the story yet because we, we kind of had the build up, and I've got a reference to that actually in this episode with one of the guests we had on, but kind of tying it back to Alex Honnold, he actually went for a trail running Yosemite last year that was um, part of our big backpacking loop. It's kind of part of our, our podcast story called Red Peak Pass, and it's basically this 50-mile <laughs> loop, and so he's like, oh, I just did this 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 run. I just went on this today. It took me like 13 hours, you know, because he's like this super stud athlete. And that's been a backpacking loop for us. And so yeah. we were wanting to set the fastest known time on it. And so the story goes back to 2020 where we, oh, wow. where I had to pull out due to injury. My two other buddies went anyway, and it ended in a search and rescue phone call. Wow. It took three years to get back there, but this was the year where we kind of made our second attempt. And that was just about a month ago. So that's our story. We, no we way. Got, yeah. We kind, of, we kind of made a production out of it. We got, you know, we got, we have like a filmmaker who kind of joined us for the first 10 miles or so and so we're going to make it into a documentary and and hopefully do an episode about it but we haven't revealed kind of how that went down but there's definitely i don't know if you were tracking with all the snow and the rain that the sierras got last winter but i was backpacking in the sierra right as the first snow the heavy snow has fallen actually in that valley just below red peak pass mount star king you know the area no way that's amazing that's amazing in there last fall for a week and it was Mid October and it That's late. Dude, it was getting cold yes. at night. And I'm from Florida, so yeah, you know it doesn't cold. take much. Right. But we were right there at the base of Red Star uh Red Peak. And yeah. uh yeah, man, that's yeah. so funny. I just ended up deciding it me and a friend go up that valley. Okay. And we got pushed down due to snow and started going that's around crazy. to the north side of the valley and right. then coming down. But anyway, that's so cool. That's that's small world. <laughs> yeah, it is small world. So that so that snow was still there and was covering the trail, and um, gosh, and we had people that yeah, there weren't a lot of people on the trail when we went, but the people that were there were like, you may want something more than like road running shoes, FYI, as we're making our attempt. So anyway, well that's cool, man. So FK, FKTs, man, we talk a lot about that. We had the we've had the a good friend of the show is the king of FKTs, Jason Hardrath. Okay, um, and my my day job at Athletic Brewing, we ended up making 
kind of the documentary of fastest known times oh, okay. um, during COVID. Last year, we released a documentary called Journey to 100, and it was about the FKT leader, Jason, who was a guest of my show and, and was uh, one of our ambassadors at Athletic Brewing. Okay. Um, his journey to 100 fastest known times. Okay. And uh, it was just an awesome documentary. Yeah, I we took it on the out. road. Okay. Please do. Yeah, we took it on the road. We sold it to Outside uh, Magazine, their streaming platform. And All right, we got to get into this, man. We got, okay, peace. Okay, so what did I, I, t- I title this? Legendary Advice from the World's Greatest Adventures. You've talked to a lot more than we have. We, we haven't always been like an interview-based show, and we kind of switched to that about a year ago. And so I have fewer to pull from, so I'm, I'm feeling a little bit inadequate out the gate because I have a feeling that some of the people you're going to be referencing are going to dwarf mine. But I'm going to try anyway. I got some good stuff here. So do you want me to go first? You want to go first? You go first. All right. So let's start off with, I'll start easy because this is a guy, I'm pretty, I think you just had him on the show not too long ago, Ryan Van Duzer. Yeah. Ryan Duzer TV. Yep. Duzer TV. That's right. So, so we had him on the show, I think it was back in February and I follow his YouTube channel and I just think he's just like a ray of sunshine into people's lives. He's just so positive and upbeat and just just the kind of person you want to be around all the time. And so, yeah, we were really blessed to have him on the show. So one thing, so one, I don't know if this is advice, but this is something he does that I've seen in multiple videos that I've actually like just kind of taken up myself. He's so positive. He starts his day after he's, you know, slept out on the trail from like a bike packing trip. And he's, he's filming himself do this. He's like, uh, like, thank you, ground. Thank you for providing a place to sleep last night. Thank you, Tree, for providing the shade and protecting me from the rain. Thank you, Bike, for taking me this many miles. He's just like these super cheesy, like, like thank you this, thank you that. And it's just like this, I'm not somebody who thinks that there's, you know, some sort of spirit in the ground or in the tree that I'm physically thanking. I just think it's a super funny and fun way, kind of just like a, I don't know, a way to kind of loosen things up and just build morale out the gate at the, from the day while you're out on the trail. And so, so that's my first one. <laughs> I love that. Um, so I got a question. So, so here's my question, my follow-up question. Is there any silly things that you do when you're out on an adventure to, to kind of keep morale high? Something along the, maybe not that, but something along those lines. Gosh, yeah. To keep morale high, I'd say snacks are right. the best thing to keep morale high. <laughs> they are the best. Is just having right. something to eat, man. That's, I've been on, plenty of trips, adventures, especially early on that I, I didn't really know what I was doing and I'd run out of food mm-hmm. and there's nothing that, there's nothing that has burned into my mind more than to never run out of food again. And I, I really feel for people <laughs> where that is, you know, sadly right. not a guarantee in their life. It's just like, oh, it's PTSD almost. And, and so when I'm, when I, even I go for like a little hike with my family, uh, you know, I'm talking, mm-hmm. you know, a little hike. I'm I'm packing like PB&Js and grilled cheeses and yeah, snacks. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, there's a whole bag dedicated to food. And my wife <laughs> thinks it's absolute overkill. And I'm like, babe, I never want to be in that position. And I, I hate it. So anyway, that's so yeah, funny. that's 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 one thing that yeah. it's a little, probably a little overkill for me. No, it's, well, we had, a, I mean, we never run out of food ever. Until our last trip, we took with the, with all the guys. We were up in uh, Banff, Canada, and there was eight guys there, and five guys ran out of food on day three of four. And we were oh. we just weren't planning the you know I guess the, the level of difficulty, and so so we now know what it's like, and we're probably never going to make that mistake <laughs> again. It's good for you, you know. It, there's a lot 
that's yeah. you know to to limit or just to to lack and to put yourself in that position you know that people talk about fasting and whatnot and it's there are benefits right, right, to right. it but you know I'm okay not knowing those benefits in my life. I'll I'll do other things to get benefits. <laughs> you know what I mean? For, for Missing food is not one of. All right, so Ryan Van Duzer was uh, was number one on my list. All right, so what do you got? So legendary advice from one of the people you've talked to. What you got? Number one. So thinking about this question, I had a hard time nailing it down to one person. We've had almost a thousand interviews, and there's there's so many. A thousand, that's crazy, man. And I, you know, I wasn't the original host. It was another host, but I took over and I listened to, right. gosh, probably every episode now. What I kept going back to were themes. There's a very mm-hmm. common theme when you talk to these people living this way and viewing the world this way. And one of the most important and I think most common that I try to remember, especially when it doesn't feel this way every day in, nor- in quote, normal life, is the world is not as bad as it seems. So many people mm. that do adventures, that's the first thing they say, is what did you learn on this trip, uh, traveling the world okay. or backpacking any amount of trails or doing any, even something in the middle of nowhere where they don't interact with a lot of people. And it is the world is really full of wonderful people eager to help. Uh, no matter where you are, no matter what your political beliefs mm. are, no matter what you look like, no matter any, no matter what, people have the same general response of, hey, here's a person in need, how can I help? Obviously, we can find millions of videos on YouTube or do any sort of Google searching to find evidence of the opposite. But I think those are so popular, those instances, because they are the exceptions to the rule. And I think the fact that, you know, when someone isn't kind to someone else, whether it be a shopping Mm -hmm. mall, parking lot, or whatever, it's because it's basically proving the rule. 99.99% of people want to do good and want to help you. And it gives a sense of uh, unity to the world. And I think that's one of the best lessons I've learned hosting. I've learned it myself on adventures, but I also relearn it every time I talk to somebody. And I've had I've had to lean on some people out, you know, outside doing adventures and stuff and definitely been fortunate to to kind of meet some different folks that you would never normally meet as a result of that and yeah, and that's actually straight like that actually connects with my guy Ryan Van Duzer because that's a big part of his channel is that people will come do adventures inspired yeah. by his interaction saying, oh yeah, like what you're just saying, the world is not as bad. Like these people are just nice people that live out in the boondocks or whatever. So I, I have to I have to admit though, I thought your first person you're going to drop was Bear Grylls because uh, that was <laughs> that was one of my favorite interviews you did was uh, you had Bear Grylls on. I was like, how yeah, did I get that guy that's... on my show? And yeah, he just said he just said no, basically. He's like, yeah, I don't have time for Oh, you. really? <laughs> <laughs> Getting Bear Grylls on the show was you know, knowing that I don't really believe it was a miracle, but it was a miracle. It was one day I was in New York City, one day, and I only go there maybe once a year uh, for work. Okay. In my, because I said I, I work for a brewery. That's my day job. Right. Have you ever heard of Athletic Brewing? I yeah, because because your show. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. And uh, you know that's I don't know how people think. I just that's what I do in there during the day and nights and weekends, and it is nighttime right now. I do the podcast, so that's. That's how right. it is. 
I was up there and I had to go from New York to Philadelphia. And that drive, you know, Mm -hmm. it's not that long of a drive, but I had to do it. I had a one interview one day, another thing for work the next day. And I got an email days before saying, hey, Bear wants to be on one podcast on his press tour. Picked this podcast, which is a miracle (laughs) in itself. He's like, picked this show. Right, right. Do you happen to be anywhere near New York City? And I'm like, no, I don't. I live in Florida. And that's a lot closer than the UK, but it's still not very close. I said, and you won't believe it, but I have a free afternoon and I'm going to probably be Mm. driving through the city right about when he'll be there. And so they said, meet us at this hotel right next to Central Park at this time Mm -hmm. and we'll be there. I showed up. His agent was there. I walked up to the room. There's Bear Grylls chilling. And- uh, Oh my gosh. And we sat down and recorded (laughs) and it was absolutely amazing because you know, out of the probably 500 episodes I've done, I've done less than 10 in person. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, they're a treat. They're an absolute treat. I try to do it. I've done, I do them in here with, there's a guest that happens to be in this area, which happens every now and then. Right. But that was one of them. So it really worked out. That's amazing. Then it was on again a few weeks later, Mm -hmm. uh, which was more, more like this, a virtual interview. Gotcha. Okay. But well, that is cool. Yeah. So I guess sorry, I've got, man. I'll, I'll, I dove into story time. No, I'll try to work in on like how I can randomly be in New York the same time Bear is, and so that that sounds kind of stalkerish. So maybe not. Uh. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't have any. I didn't ask him about stalkers. Maybe he's cool with it. I don't think he would be. But <laughs> I mean, uh, he's cool with that. Yeah. No. I'm, um. Okay. That's cool. I, I did not know the backstory in that. So that's interesting. All right, my number two, this goes back to the story I was telling about going to Yosemite. We Before our, our adventure, we had on a guy named Jeff Peltier, who's a YouTuber. He's like an ultra runner, fast packer. I'm not sure if you're familiar with his stuff. If, pretty much if you type in like fast packing into YouTube, like his stuff comes up. Yeah. Super nice guy, super knowledgeable. And so like the whole purpose of the episode was I was running my ideas by him for how to go ultra light, how to essentially lose some gear weight for my trip because I just wanted to not crash and burn. And so he was, so his response to me was there's going lightweight and then there's going stupid light. And so he was calling my ideas stupid light. He's like, what you're doing is like, you're just, you're put, it's too risky. Like you're putting yourself too much at risk. And so it really made me think, okay, like his inspiration was, well, what what am I doing that really is stupid and stupid light? And what am I doing that's like kind of worth taking the risk on? And it kind of brings up this question, like he inspired this question, like when does taking safety precautions go too far? Like where's the line there? So so I'll throw that at you. What Like how would you interpret that? How do you know, you know, you, you could pack for redundancy for everything and your pack could be, 60 pounds or you could go stupid light and you don't have enough stuff. You don't have enough food, for example. So where's where's the line? I, I think the line is what you're trying to get out of it. There's people I've talked to who purposefully go out less prepared to try to test themselves and they want to get close to that line mm-hmm. of stupidity. And, you know, I, I, I'm of the opinion that's what you want to do with your life. You can do it. As long as you're not putting people in danger mm-hmm. and unnecessarily using resources like search and rescue right. that would have to rescue you if you're, you know, you're putting yourself 
too close to that line where it's there's a good chance you're going to need those services, I'd say don't you know don't be selfish in that way. But it all depends. It all depends. Am I doing this alone? Am I doing this with a friend? Am I doing this with a newbie? I think it, I think there's so many variables there, and it depends on what you're going for. Uh, I don't like being I don't like being ultra pre- prepared personally, uh, just because one. Maybe that's just an excuse to not train as hard <laughs> and <laughs> right. like do the research. Two, I see a lot of people that maybe over prepare and it goes well mm-hmm. and nothing really happens or goes wrong, which is great. And if that's what you want, great. But they typically don't have a lot of stories either. And I'm always balancing, right. it's like those college days go for the story. I'm always kind of going for the story. There's actually a rule in our house that my wife more or less despises. It is, at some point, this is going to be a story. This is going to be a great story. At some point, I what I kind of say, I, I actually, that's not the phrase. I'm not right. like remembering it right. It's been a while right. since I've said it, apparently. But it says, at, one, at some point, this will be a sentence. Yeah, we moved here one time. Or yeah, we did this one time. Or yeah... Mm. All this stress, all this, all this is boiled down to a sentence or two, and it'll be past you. But, but what's you know, that's one way to look at it. Like at some point, this will all, this trial will be a sentence. Or you can also say, some point, this is all be, you know, this is going to be a great story. Uh, we were we we're making a film with Athletic Brewing, and things did not a documentary, and things did not go to plan for one of our athletes. Because I hate it for them and their journey with what they were training for. I won't give too much away. But I look over at the film crew and I'm like, and they're capturing the moment. The athlete is just bawling their eyes out. It's just extremely emotional. It's really heartbreaking. But I look over at them and I'm like, this is going to be awesome for the film. (laughs) This is going to be such a good story. (laughs) And they were like, they were like this, like, it's going to be great. I think I think we're cut from the same cloth in that regard because I am hyper aware of that. And even on our event when we're when we're filming it. I told my buddy, I said, look, if I'm like, you know, writhing on the side of the trail, cramping up, like if you can help me, help me. If not, like you got to turn the camera on. <laughs> you got to film any sort of yeah trials or tribulations because that's part yeah. of the story. And the line in our house is like, I just, my line is like, hey, I'm talking to my wife. Hey, I know you're mad right now, but not too long from now, you're going to think this is really funny. And so, um, so we had like, I don't, we got a dog a few years ago and my son was young. And so he's, you know, responsible for picking up the dog poop when he does and he puts it in a bag and then he chucks the bag over the back fence into the neighbor's yard. And so it took, it was a quite a few bags before the neighbor realized this. And so the neighbor came over super mad about it and we're, you know, so we're apologetic and we like end up baking him cookies and my wife is so embarrassed and I'm like, but you wait. Like a year from now, this is a oh, funny yeah. story, and sure enough, she's like, "Oh yeah, yeah. it's it'll <laughs> be right. funny." It, that, that stuff. I mean, you're gonna tell that till the you know the day you die. You'll be telling that to your right, to their exactly. kids and grandkids. Like you'll never believe what they did. That's hilarious. All right, so that was my second one. I had so I got Ryan, I got Jeff. All right, any anybody come to mind? Number two or any other thoughts? Yeah, another thing is another theme, and. I can tie it specifically to someone here, and that is to Alistair Humphreys. He is one of my biggest inspirations early on. I found his book uh, about his four-year bicycle vagabonding experience around the world back in college. And he, uh, 
Yeah, he okay. like had a terrible breakup, didn't know what to do, and just said, you know what, I got like $10,000 and a bike. I'm leaving my parents' house at the age of, I don't even know, 22, 23, and leaving for four years biking around the world. Well, anyway, he he's kind of has, has a career now. And what he's really known for is the concept of micro-adventures. Because he's like, he gets mm-hmm. back from this trip, and, and, he's, and he's like, what can I do to top a four-year adventure? I can't do this forever. <laughs> right. You know, climbing Everest right. or any of these typical big adventures, especially for someone in the UK where Everest just seems like something every adventurer does. He's like, I don't just think that's going to do it. Right. What can I do as I progress in life and do some of those things he, he wanted for himself, like having kids and, 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 and meeting somebody and settling down? Well, he came up with this concept of micro adventures and started testing it out. Like, what if instead of driving to work every day into town, what if I walked one day? What would that be like? Mm, and he realized right. that those little things out of the norm scratch that itch way more than he realized they mm-hmm. would. And and you and it's funny because right. you can be someone in your vehicle seeing someone walking on the side of the road thinking they're having an awful time or, you know, why are they doing that? How, but the person doing it, there's so many layers to what you're experiencing that it's like being on trail. You see and see so much more mm-hmm. and experience so much more. And that concept of micro adventures, he wrote a book about, he became pretty famous for it. He was selected as a national geographic adventure of the year for that. And mm-hmm. That's a mindset I have heavily prescribed to in recent years and something I really talk yeah. about a lot on the show is because I've done like six month long adventures and, and I just can't do that anymore. Right. I've got two young kids and um, that's, well, that's been a whole adventure the whole time they've been alive, really. But Indeed. it's like, I, I'm not going to be <laughs> doing these multi-month experiences for any for the foreseeable future, but I also don't want to uh, just because I would... I could just couldn't do it. You know, I couldn't know that they needed me and I'm away. Anyway, how do I scratch right. that itch? And and really it is taking advantages of my weekends and those small moments in time off. And I'm very surprised by even for someone who has had those experiences that are some of the longest adventures we talk about on these trips. I know what that's like. It does it for me. It really does. Like in a way that I didn't think that it would. Right. And that's, I find encouraging to a lot of people. I mean, I love the micro adventures. I mean, I even view my training sh- my training sessions that way if I'm just going for a run or just trying to get back in shape or whatever. Like, I just I just soak all that in. So I'm, I'm with you on that one. And I think it does, uh-huh. ah, what she said, scratch the itch for sure. So that's interesting. Um, I did, it's funny you mentioned that too. This week I was thinking, like, what if... Speaking of like walking to work, like what if I ditched the okay. car for a year and like had to ride my bike to work or something and you know, like how would that work, especially with the snow going on or I think it I think it teaches you more than you think. And and, and even like one of the go to examples of a micro adventure is just go camp on like in your backyard or on the back porch. And you don't think that's gonna do mm-hmm. much for you, but you will never forget the night that you camped in the backyard. You will absolutely forget the 5,000th night you slept in your bed. <laughs> right. Nothing right. to set that apart. I sleep in my hammock sometimes in, in between two trees in the backyard and my dog's mm-hmm. usually underneath me. And I'm blown away by the amount of things going on wildlife-wise at night in my right. yard. And I'm like, right. there's all this happening while I'm asleep. Jeez. 
kind of yeah. keeps you awake so you don't sleep that great. trap camera yeah no. <laughs> but it's uh i'll i don't forget any of those nights yeah. because they're so different and so unique from my normal life so i really okay. encourage folks to just think doesn't take flying to you know the himalayas to have an adventure mm-hmm. it really just takes doing things slightly differently well said yeah all right, uh, my last one. We've referenced her ever since we had her on our show. Are you familiar with Brooke Whipple, Girl in the Woods YouTuber? She's been on Alone a couple times. I, the name sounds familiar. Okay, yeah, she's she's one of our um, favorite guests we've ever had on, and she was on earlier this year as well. And so she, the reason why she's amazing is because she, I think she's I don't know a few years older than me. Her kids are a few years older, but she's a mom, she's a wife, she's, and she's, I mean, from what I gather, a very good mom, a very good wife, and she is just doing the bushcraft thing well and heavily inspiring others to do the same thing. And she freely admits, she's like, look, when I started this, or even right now, I'm not an expert in what I'm doing. I'm just doing it. I'm just making it happen. And so her kind of mantra is like, you can do it too. Like, you don't need to have as you kind of mentioned, all your ducks in a row, you don't need to be, be perfectly planned. Just simply do it. Just get out there and do it. And if you mess it up the first time, you're going to learn from it and you're going to get better. I don't have any like survival skills. I, that's kind of skills I want to learn when I have more time. But just her inspiration, just watching her just like kind of figure it out as she goes. She's not an expert with all that stuff, but she's making it happen. To me, that's like supremely inspiring. Wow. That's awesome. That's uh, It takes yeah. a little courage for someone you know, that people are looking up to, to admit that too. Um, just like, Hey, I don't want to know what I'm doing. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, you know, just so you know, <laughs> so yeah. I, and she, I mean, she does, she knows she's, she's like, yeah, she's just that, but she, she's trying to like come across as like, I'm just a regular person. There's nothing special about me. There's no, wow. you know, I'm just, I'm just a, an every woman, so to speak. I love that. That's really cool. Do you have any desire to, to learn any bushcraft or survival skills? I mean, you just have survivalists on your show, right? Yes. Yes, I have. Funny enough, I just, like, most recent guest, this is more, you know, not true bushcraft, but one of the contestants from Naked and Afraid I talked to, just right, like, hey, right. what was that like? And they right. were like, yeah, I had to learn a lot of this bushcraft stuff beforehand. Like, I trained, and, and, and actually a lot of the adventures before the show took place uh, from due to training, like actually being out there mm. alone training for this show, and that was really interesting. Right. And so they were, they, they learned a lot of that. The guests did. And, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, you know, I just had the founder of Cotopaxi on the show, Davis Smith. And Mm -hmm. I love that company. I'm a huge fan of that company. Uh, I love what their, their values and the colors of their gear and all that. I'm, I'm a big fan. And, um, he does an annual island survival trip where he just goes to an island, sometimes with friends, sometimes alone and survives Mm -hmm. for a set amount of time, like off the land and figures it out. It's really cool. Wow. Uh, That's just almost his way of resetting. And there's plenty of benefits from, from that and learnings. And I love that. But, uh, yes, as far as just pure bushcraft and survival, I feel like I'm adequate. I I, like, I feel like I could if I needed to, but I'm not like all gung ho about learning those skills, uh, just, well, could you go to the island? Could you join and be like, I'm going to hold my own. I'll go set up shop oh, yeah, over here. Definitely. I could definitely okay. do that. All right. What if it was the Jurassic Park Island? 
with dinosaurs? <laughs> uh, hard to know. It's hard. Okay. I don't know. I I would be yeah. I think I'd have less chance of survival on that one. Okay, especially those fences. Like yeah, the electrical wires didn't work anymore, which they always. I did. deal with a lot of yeah. gators in Florida. Uh, That's true. <laughs> and those are dinosaurs. A hundred percent. You look at a gator, and it's like I yeah. am looking at a dinosaur. Like. Mm. there's no difference it is 100 percent an ancient creature and uh yeah they're pretty skittish you know yeah. i'm not too i paddleboard everywhere you know gator infest i was going through this thing called the deep hole which is basically it looks like the serengeti with crocodiles it, it is it is mm. wild and i went right through the middle in my paddleboard and there's literally a hundred alligators and they're just not i don't know you get mm. used to them so I, I don't know if that would be the case on the jurassic <laughs> i don't think so i'm not getting that's not one for me. Not, it one knocked me off the board <laughs> it's, it's tail slapped me and i fell in okay and uh and you're like oh you and then you climb back on swamp puppies is the name they <laughs> oh call my them gosh. Here. yeah no they're it's freaky i'm not gonna lie i'm not like oh it's fine yeah but it's kind of like uh it's a lesson. This is a sub lesson is talking to adventurers. There's there's the dangers that are perceived by the outside and there's the dangers that you know are true from the inside. A great example mm-hmm. is I do a lot of bike packing and people are like, oh, aren't right. you worried about animals and aren't you worried about this or that? And I'm like, no. Uh, you know, what I'm worried about mm-hmm. is those giant rentable RVs that families get in the you know then drive through the same places I'm biking through mm-hmm. national parks beautiful yeah. you know scenic highways and they right. they're they they drive a Prius most of the time but right now this week the one week a year they've got this you know 25 foot basically white box of death <laughs> that they rented don't know how to drive that's what's that's the true statistical danger mm-hmm. and so it's just like anything else people who are familiar know what those actual dangers are so Gators are just one of those. That's definitely one of those misconceptions. Kind of like sharks, you know, people who are very familiar with sharks know it's no more dangerous than a lot of other fish in the sea. So they just get a bad rap. That being said, I actually I actually strangely know somebody who got killed by a shark. It happens. So we we live in, it does happen, but it's so rare and the chances are so slim. But when we were living in Australia, somebody at our church who I actually knew personally, um, who's a surfer. Like legit got that's, killed by a shark. So that sucks. Oh yeah, while God. we were there, yeah, it does. It does. But I know what you're saying statistically, 100. percent So, okay, all right. So I, I I got my three in. Yeah, yeah. One more on you. All right. So it's another one that's more like just inspired from by the of the person in kind of the way they go about. Oh, we okay. mentioned Alex Honnold earlier, and I've never had him on the show. Funny enough, I'll talk to him. I'll, I'll try to get him on your show. I'll, I'll put in a word for you. Have you had him on? No, I, I have like a back channel way of getting a hold of him, possibly, but um, but I think he's in pretty high demand at this point still. Yes, well, I've had his mom on a handful of times, a few times. Okay. Uh, Deirdre Woolenick, and uh, I'm not gonna lie, she's a she's awesome. She's a lot of fun, and you get a sense of where he got his ways <laughs> from her. But she's right. very different than him. She's almost. Uh, She's into a lot of different things and okay. kind of her interests vary. And also he has a sister that a lot of people don't, she she doesn't do any media, but I've been trying to get her on for years because Deirdre would love for her to tell her story because she doesn't get the spotlight. I believe she's a teacher and is also into bike touring, like cross country bike rides. That's like her thing. Right. I don't know. I, I've really enjoyed 
getting to know Deirdre. She's a fan of the podcast. Now we talk all the time. And uh, her her interest in so many things is really what fascinates me. And kind of, you as a parent, mm-hmm. I'm really interested in how she went about raising who became, you know, one of the greatest climbers of all time. Wait, 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 wait. You don't, you, okay, you're interested, but would you... Would you want that for your kids? Like, I want you to have no fear as you're climbing up a cliff face that's, you know, a thousand feet up. It's very clear she's extremely proud of him. And I think as a parent, yeah, I don't want that. I kind of get now why my mom didn't want me doing half the things I do. But if it was up to her, (laughs) I'd be... (laughs) No, not up to her. Probably grandparents, it would be up to... If it was up to them... I'd be hiding under my covers all the time. You know what I mean? No, nothing could happen right, to me. For sure. And that's not going to lead anywhere right. good. So even though my mom, I remember one time I got back from this, I, I, I biked from Alaska to Florida and I biked home mm-hmm. uh, to my house, my mom's house. And the next day I'm like, all right, mom, I'm, you know, I'm going to go to dad's house. They're divorced, but they only live a couple miles apart. And I'm like, I'm going to, you know, bike to dad's house today and go see him. Uh, just to, you know, catch up. I haven't seen him in a couple months. And she's like, right, right. you can't bike down that road. It's dangerous. And I'm like, mom, I just rode here from <laughs> Alaska, 5,500 miles away <laughs> on the same road. And she was like, no, like the mom logic kicked in. You can't, that's that's dangerous. Yeah. And I'm like, mom, how do you think I got here? Right. And also, you think that's the most dangerous <laughs> road I've been on in the last two months? And so, at the same time, so so learning from her, you can tell she's proud of him, uh, of Alex. Mm-hmm. He, I think, kind of was inspired. Not, I don't think she ever really like said, hey, you need to focus on this. It just was natural. He loved climbing, and she supported that, but her interests were all over the place. She was handling being a single mom, uh, a widow, taking care of all that stuff. Her father passed away, mm-hmm. taking care of his estate and all the homes and uh, that he had and getting them ready to sell and raising two young kids, taking care of dogs and animals. And she thought the town they needed, they lived in needed an orchestra. Uh, and so she started one, a nonprofit that's still <laughs> going to this day. She wanted to publish a book, but no one would. So she started her own pub- publishing company that she ran for years. She just, she goes after it. And it, to the point that it's like, wow, how do you do this? And I, 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 I think her son has that, but it's more focused on one thing. I, I really am inspired by her ability to just tackle a problem, face a problem. And also doing that, being a present parent, I think is just going to have a positive effect on her head. And you, but you can tell she's equally proud of both. Because uh, they're both passionate about what they do, one just happens to garner more, more attention. Right. So, I don't know exactly what the lesson is there. I just find her really inspiring. Yeah. Well, I mean, the curiosity, the the go getterness. I mean, just the fact that you've got a podcast, you got to be somewhat of a go getter. You're you're going and getting different guests all the time, so that, that's part of the deal. But yep. Yeah. In terms of yeah, having like I'm trying to inspire and venture with my kids. We're going on as many adventures, micro adventures, whatever as we can. That being said, I don't ever want to have have them, you know, have this lack of fear to the point where they're, you know, they're just gonna die young. Like it's just they're, they're taking yeah, 
I guess calculated risks, but they're still like the risks are, I don't know, they're significant. I wouldn't want my kid being Alex Honnold on that on that cliff, essentially. No, I, I don't either. I, yeah. I think I I think we have a pretty good chance that they won't be. Just you know, there's a <laughs> yeah, pretty fair decent. That's kind of almost like saying I really hope my kid doesn't win the lottery because <laughs> that brings just way more problems than it's worth. Well, yeah, that's another that's like, a well, story. There's a pretty pretty good chance that they're not going to. Fair so. point. Fair <laughs> point. All right. Well, speaking of all this adventuring and uh, the, the, these famous folks here, we've got famous adventurer, famous adventurer trivia coming up right after this. Oh, gosh. Boat Trader is America's largest boating marketplace with over 100,000 boats to choose from. We offer simple, comprehensive solutions for those looking to sell, find, and finance new or used boats. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I heard that Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com waypoint. That's mintmobile.com waypoint. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com waypoint. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears. Multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal develop high-quality, technically sound products, and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Are you looking to be less sore, a stronger climber, or simply faster on the trail? then check out the Training for Trekking podcast. These bite-sized episodes are full of excellent information that can improve your trail performance. He's specially trained in sports science and strength and conditioning to get your body in the right shape and prepared for adventure. Check out the Training for Trekking podcast wherever you get your podcast. All right, so Mason, I got famous adventurer trivia for you. So you got to get two out of three to pass, and if you fail, you get you know one or none correct, Here's my punishment for you. You've got to record a quick promo, like after we're done here, suggesting that my trivia questions are good and fair so that I can play that promo on a future episode for my uh, typical co-host, Derek, who always complains about my trivia. Do you, agree to, do you agree to those terms? I agree. I agree to those terms. Okay, and then if you get two or more right, you get two or three right, what do you, what do you want from All me? All right, so my... The I should I should do something like that to actually help the show, but I I like to be funny and uh, a little bit. This is just too too much fun to pass. I want to hear. Is I want you <laughs> I on your it. next backpacking trip, especially. It's got to have 
other people there, at least one other person. Oh yeah, always. always. Where for at least for one mile, and you got to post this—not okay. the whole one mile, but evidence. Right, right. Wearing your underwear on the outside of your pants for one mile of your next backpacking okay. trip. And don't right, explain done. it to people. Just do it. You can explain after. Just do you can it. explain after. Right. People are like, what are you doing? You can just be like, I'm trying something. <laughs> I'm trying something. Take a picture. My, my next trip is likely going to be um, with my kids and other people's kids. <laughs> okay, <And> so- <laughs> well, all right. Don't, don't be indecent. So- <laughs> I'll say that. Don't be indecent. No, 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 no. It won't. Yeah, it'll be good. Okay. All right, here we go. So you gotta, if you want that, you got to get two out of three right. Here's number one. All right, so I get two out of three. Number two and three are multiple choice. Number one is not. Okay. All right, number one is what man is most famous for a failure to achieve his ultimate goal because he got his ship stuck in ice and had his crew eat dogs to stay alive? Uh, this was the South Pole. Oh, it never made it to their expedition. Yeah, it's a failure. He's, failure. he's famous All for right. failure. Uh, Shackleton. Shackleton is correct. Ding, ding, I was going to say one. Scott, who yeah. got to the South Pole like weeks after. I think it's mm-hmm. Robert Scott got pole got to the pole weeks after, and then ended up dying on the way back. Right. Yeah, that well, was. And he's right. and he's famous too, but he's not nearly as famous he as famous. Shackleton. Correct. And, and Shackleton's correct. got the epic failure, but um, best failure, one of the best failures of all time. Oh, for, for sure. sure. It's like a successful failure keeping his men alive. So, but not the dog, sadly. I remember on one of my first uh, one of my first speak mm-hmm. speeches when I was like twenty of one of my first adventures. I went and talked to like the chamber of commerce mm-hmm. or something in my hometown, and I shared the newspaper clipping of Shackleton's uh, recruitment oh, of the right. expedition. I don't know if you ever read that, but it's awesome. It's like, hey, yeah, almost yeah, yeah. guaranteed death. It'll suck, and then like five thousand people applied. Uh, I, I was, I don't know why I connected me and shit. No, that would still work today. I've seen that. It's just like, it's like a deterrent, right? It's like, don't oh, yeah. come like certain death, whatever. And I think that if you put something like that out today, not in a newspaper, of course, but somewhere on the internet, you would get, you get more than 5,000 really. Oh yeah. You, yeah. I mean, yeah. it was, it was genius. Um, right. I, I don't know why I was connecting it to my trip is what I'm saying. I'm like, <laughs> I think I was still really young and, and I was like, oh, this is, Never heard of this before, right? And uh, everything. So you know, because no matter how popular something is or a song, what I've learned with kids is like, at some point, they're gonna hear that for the first time. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? They're gonna hear music that's everyone knew twenty years ago. They're they're gonna have to hear that for the first time if they're gonna right. get used to it. So even 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 for stuff like that, it's it's a you know. There's a first time, and it's and it's and it's life changing. It's amazing to read those stories for the first time. 100%. Anyway, yeah, Shackleton, Shackleton, and you know what? If you're looking for future guests, maybe consider Shackleton. Just okay, saying. yeah. I hear he's <laughs> he hasn't spoken in a while. I've he heard. hasn't, so you'll get an exclusive. <laughs> All right, All right. No, number two. Who was the first man to circumnavigate the world? Is it A. Ferdinand Magellan, B. James Cook, C. Sir Walter Raleigh? Or D. Buford Tannen. Hey, is Shackleton dead? Yeah. I didn't even know he was sick. That gummit. That's <laughs> no, an old Norm Macdonald joke. Oh. <laughs> All right, James Cook. You're still, you're still thinking of you're still thinking of Shackleton, and I'm asking the question like, wait, what are the answers? Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say James Cook. James he's, Cook. He's a captain, 
And yeah. uh, he's also one of my good friends. That's his, his name is James Cook. Is it always, really? Okay. Yeah, I'm always like Captain James. Um, and he was a sailor, and I think through all his expeditions, I don't know what signify. I don't know what exactly qualifies for around the world. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, what does that mean exactly? But I, I feel like he would be a, a good early candidate. Yeah, he made it most of the way, but it was actually Magellan that made it all the way around the first. Hey, one. Damn it! Okay. Yeah. Okay. That just Never adds mind. tension to the third one here. Cool. So, okay. The t- third one's always weird. So um, this one, this one's multiple choice still, though. Got a chance. All right, here we go. Number three. Wh- who was the first woman to not only reach the summit of Mount Everest, but all of the seven summits as well? I got multiple choice. All right. I've got A, Junko Tabe from Japan. <laughs> B, a woman named Agnes Copperspur, also known as Big Agnes. C, M.T. Lincoln, so like initials M.T. Lincoln from the U.S., or D, Bessie Coleman. All right, I'm going to say, I don't know why. I'm like thinking almost there's a history here or a story. I'm going to just say Big Agnes. Out of I'm ignorant. I don't know, but Big Agnes. Big Agnes. Agnes Copperspur is her, her full name. Yeah, she's... um. She's actually a mountain that uh, the company Big Agnes is named after. So I just made up that name. Sorry. I was thinking, I'm like, okay, I know Big Agnes. <laughs> is there yeah. a history of like uh, 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 a tribute to the person? No. So it was wrong. Dang it. No, no. You, yeah, I'm sorry. And honestly, um, Copper Spur is one of their uh, tent models, one of their famous models. <laughs> sounded made up. On it. it sounded like a made up name. Like it's too, it's, there's, yeah. should have read that. Should have read through that. There, it's a it's in Mountain and Steamboat Springs is kind of where the company comes from. Yep. So I actually like their stuff. Not sure I like the names much. But oh, I like their great, stuff. So great was, equipment. She, great gear. Yeah, yeah. Junko Tabe from Japan. She was the first one like forever ago. I think I want to say like fifties or sixties. Dang so, it. There you go. All right. Okay. So after we're done here, I'm gonna have you record a promo. And I'm gonna play it for um, my buddy Derek here. Yeah. So, but thanks for playing along. You were close. Very close. All right, last thing I got is we have our tidbit section, and when we have a guest on, I always allow them to um, you know, share anything that hasn't come out about your podcast. I feel like I feel like we've been promoting your podcast the whole show because you've been we've been reflecting about kind of you know who we've had on our shows and you've you've kind of referenced some episodes and stuff. But for, in case people have missed it, what's your podcast? and is there anything we have that's coming out we have to look forward to or anything else you want to share that um, we should be aware of? Yeah, Carl, thanks for the opportunity. Feel like there is more than probably even the show. Um, if you haven't, you know, been actively listening, the show is called Adventure Sports <laughs> Podcast. Don't search right. Adventure Stories Podcast, which is what I kind of call it. But Adventure Sports Podcast, uh, what's coming up? Yeah, we have a lot of great guests uh, that I've recorded recently. I don't, frankly, if I can be honest, don't have a, like a, overarching plan with the show i just talked to the the next really cool person and keep the show going and yeah. uh we're almost at a thousand Love episodes it. we'll be at a thousand episodes early next year okay okay what are you gonna do for episode a thousand i don't even know yet i'm i'm thinking about that it, it, it okay. can either be like this whole thing or it's just gonna not be anything special that that's the mm. two options there 
So okay. uh, it's got to be a thing, man. It's got to be a one thing. of my Come favorite on. podcasts, which I just enjoy listening to, is stuff you should know. I've been a f- oh, that, yeah. that was the first show I ever. That was the first podcast I ever listened to, and I'm like, yeah, one what? of my first too. And I listened to like an episode about vultures, and I'm like, what is this? I was telling my friend, I'm like, this is dumb. <laughs> These two guys are just basically goofing off for an hour, right? And it just grew on me, and, and, yeah. and the whole that's what got me into podcasting. And I'm still like, I'll go through spells where I don't listen for like a year, and then I'm like, you know what? I'm into it again, and anyway, yeah. they their thousandth show, which was years ago now, uh, they didn't do anything. They were like, "Hey, happy thousandth. Yep, that's crazy. Oh. Anyway, and uh, it was no have it those was, guys on your show and oh, invite God. them on. <laughs> no, there's no way they're so big. That's like the fifth largest podcast out there. I I'll think. invite them for you. How about oh, that? Oh, yeah, yeah. You're better <laughs> probably at inviting than me. I just kind of let people come to me. Um, okay. So yeah, a thousandth episodes coming up. It's it's great. There's a lot of history and a lot of all the sh- most of the episodes are evergreen. Uh, lots of great stories. And uh, what else? Um, something I'm really passionate about now. Um, I actually work for a brewery. Like I said, I work for a mm-hmm. non-alcoholic craft brewery. Great stuff. Athletic Brewing. They donate a lot of money to trail restoration and. Uh, conservation grants. We donate 2% of all our sales to that. And that's like 2 million bucks a year that we get. Oh, wow. to it, if you use the outdoors at all, you you recreate outside, which I'm sure you do if you listen to this mm-hmm. podcast, there's a very good chance we've put money into your community or very near to your community mm. uh, through just the amount of, of grants we've, we've done, uh, distributed and we like to focus on communities where it makes a really big difference. So mm-hmm. it's not necessarily the biggest project of the biggest national park. It's like, hey, we need to redo this parking lot or redo this trailhead or redo this, whatever it is, clean up this trail in this community uh, that's a little more tight-knit, smaller, smaller organizations. So um, we've, we, it's been a really cool part of what we do. That's great. Yeah, And thanks for all you do for the outside and the grants that you just mentioned. We appreciate all of that and thanks for putting on excellent content that ex- inspires us to get outside and try new things i've got we'll have links in the show description but yeah just really appreciate your show and all you do for that and just appreciate your time for coming on the show mason just yeah thanks so much yeah wow this is uh this has been a treat thank you carl thanks everybody for joining us for the show this is uh, one of our last guest host episodes before we kick off the next season we thought we'd end with um with one of the best out there. Uh, so, so thanks, Mason. Wow. And hey, everybody, have a great week. God bless. You want to succeed. You want to fish. You want to be one of the greatest. Tune in to West Marine's Life on the Water, presented by Costa Custom Boats, every Saturday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. Pursuing wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.